Hi, I'm Zeeland. Like, actually, this isn't AI or anything. And you're listening to the Thousand Hours Podcast. Welcome to part two of episode 11 of A Thousand Hours. These intros, they're too stupid. Uh, If you want to hear about our actual saves, go listen to part one, because that's not what this is. This part is for talking about the new features that will be coming at your faces in FM24. As Alex Woodward holds up that Hoffenheimer's scored. (laughs) That's a shame. Yeah. Um, Anyway. This part of the podcast is about FM24 and the new features that are coming up in the new game. Tam Brown is very knowledgeable about them, having read all of the articles. I am vaguely aware of them, having watched Lujo's videos about them, and Alex Woodward knows shit all. Yeah. So what we're going to do is Tam Brown's going to take the lead for this part of the pod, and he's going to walk us through the features, and then we'll talk about the bits that we find really exciting and the bits that we think are less exciting um to be clear we are recording this on the 7th of october not to put ourselves under the bus so unfortunately we don't know about the very exciting quality of life upgrades part one and part two that i'm sure would definitely make excellent part excellent content for this part of the podcast uh i'm sure you'll be very sad you will not get to hear our opinions on the quality of life upgrades Oh well, over to you, Alex Tamper. So I thought about doing this in release order, but then I thought, no, let's let's talk about the most striking one that you're going to know about when you load up the game, right? So they've changed the way that you can start a save. Um, is is the way that they've kind of sold it. So you've got three new ways to start your save. You've got original, real world, and your world. And I feel as though the real world one will come into effect with especially when you get the january transfer update around about sort of march time i think that's going to be a really good kind of um uh quality of life update i suppose Mm. even though even though they've not released all the quality of life updates but for woodward's benefit and also for those of you who haven't heard uh, about this um the the way the three ways to start a save are as such so you get the original way which is the way that you currently get it right now which is all the players will be at the clubs that they play for in the current Football Manager database at the start of your game. So if you start the game in January, you've got the January transfers go through. If you start the game before January, the champion transfers haven't gone through. No, no, no. Um, And and by the like they've gone through, I mean, they're there at the start of your save. So for example, um, Arsenal... in FM23, you start a new save right now in FM23 with the latest database, Arsenal have Leandro Trossard. That's what the yeah. original database means. Yeah, it means that, using Arsenal as, a, as an example, David Raya will start at Arsenal on loan as soon as you load up the game, no matter what date you start it on. Right? Then you have Real World, which is the players will start at their... like at the time that you start the game so normally when you start in england in early pre-season it's around about the 20th of june so all the players will be contracted to their clubs that they were contracted on on the 20th of june if that's when your game date starts they will then move to their new club on the same date that they did in real life so arsenal will still sign david raya on loan but it won't be until the end of the transfer window or the middle of the transfer window, whenever he did actually sign on loan. 
and then there is your I'm world. curious to know how they've done this because I want to know if they if you can like say I start a save with Brentford can I tell Arsenal to piss off or will that transfer be arranged that transfer uh, will we'll be see, I suppose that transfer will be arranged right and right. then there is your world right so club squads and budgets will be set at the date your game starts and only players who join before that date will be at your club so using the Arsenal example there won't be a future transfer arranged for Declan not for Declan Rice for David Raya but Declan Rice would be there if you start it on the 1st of July right so that basically allows you to completely say to Chelsea right you're not going to spend all that money you're actually going to do something sensible here right does that make sense yeah so there's no there's no future transfers involved in your world. So you basically get to replay the whole transfer window if you started on the 1st of August. Mm. I, I'm interested to know if there's going to be a way to... Because the Declan Rice signing was done in like early June, wasn't it? Yeah. So I'm interested to see if there's going to be a way for there to be no transfers done. So like... Only the ones that were like arranged in January, for example, Malagusto to from Lyon to Chelsea. If you or if there's like, yeah, you can you can do that because you can start the game. So this is what I do when I start the game at the end of a season with all the real results. Mm. Is I go to Indonesia and you can start the game on the 29th of May. Right. So you can you can do that, and that will give you a completely fresh experience as to how to play FM. You play basically with last season's squads and transfer arrangements, if that makes sense. Interesting. So that's the first kind of um, update. So Woodward, I want to know your thoughts on this. Yeah, that's that's all right. I'm going to pick classic because I'm very vanilla in all walks of life. So, yeah. I mean, it's nice that we're giving people options. Yeah. Are you telling me you're not gonna pick the option where you can just not sell all of Leeds as good players? I I don't want them there. They can they can <laughs> go away. As far as I'm concerned. I only like Max Verber. He, he's nice. I like him. He he did well for my fantasy football this week. So I think. Apart from Fair him, enough. who cares? No more Mark Walker. And what put it good that players? Way. There's, there's what, what good players? So we're relegated. <laughs> <laughs> there were no good players. True. Yeah. So got me there. Um, thank you for your thoughts on that. Would would just very kind of. Oh, I'm just still, still going to do the original. You know. Um, I'm gonna, did, it's going to be the same with most of these. Yeah, I'm going to. I can't wait to hear about what. Yeah, your thoughts on the other things. We oh, yeah, stick it on. Stick it on standard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ask assistant manager to sort. Yeah. Get DOF to negotiate contracts and all that. Um, basically, <laughs> I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of chop and change and go through the most interesting first, and then we can talk about the not so interesting later. So there's a few things that are left in this one blog. Uh, of the gay play deep dives that we're going to come back to uh, in a bit. The next thing I want to to talk about is transfers, squad building, and finance, which is I think the main reason that people play FM. You know, it's not mm-hmm. to play the game; it's to build your your unbelievable squad. So and tactics won't and be as tactics. good as my Leon side. Fight me! <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> basically. 
what they've said they've done is gone under the hood and made AI managers better to recognize the imbalances in their squad and their and to take their tactical style into consideration when they're shortlist players and when they try and buy players. So they'll try and look mm. to fill attribute gaps within their squad. So say you've got uh, Jurgen Klopp, who needs a central midfielder, shock horror, who's good at gegen pressing. Okay, they're going to look for high stamina uh, midfielders rather than trying to buy some, <laughs> rather than trying to buy someone like Martin Odegaard, who's an advanced playmaker and isn't a box-to-box midfielder. So I take issue with the suggestion that Mark, Martin Odegaard is bad at pressing. Oh no, no, I'm just, I'm saying that if you want go- to know what <laughs> they're more likely to go Martin for Odegaard true, is excellent at pressing. Listen to the Pot Shot podcast to no, no, find out more about how Martin Odegaard's really good out of possession. He's good, but he wouldn't. He's not the kind of profile that Liverpool would want in that midfield. Do you see what I mean? Disagree. No. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. You use a terrible example because you don't know ball. Oh, yeah, carry on. Here we go. Uh, using stats against <laughs> me, but he's not—he's not an engine. That's what I'm trying to say. That's—that's that's what they want in that midfield. Uh, so they want someone like a Chouamani rather than a Martin Odegaard. That's all I'm. And saying. that's why they signed Dominic Sabozlai, is it? Dominic Sabozlai is, I'd say, more <laughs> of a more of a Chouamani than than Martin Odegaard. But you know. That's I am me. loving I'm all of this. <laughs> Alex Tampram revealing an absolutely shocking lack of ball knowledge today. Anyway, uh, tell us more about football manager. was like a Metzala cry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, they've tried to make AI managers better at trying to understand what it is they, they need in their squad and will try and target based on that. So... Fingers crossed, this means that Man United aren't just going to keep signing strikers every single transfer window. I mean, I don't know how many times you saw in previous FMs where they'd sign Harry Kane, Ossiemen, Haaland, you know. They'd just go out and sign so many strikers and not recognise the imbalance in their squad. Mm. Um, they will all... I, I see, I, I used to like... So, in previous years, I'd do journeyman saves where I'd go to lots of different clubs and you the amount of time you just arrive at a club is like, wow, loads of old dead wood mid-30s players that the AI have signed because they've got high reputations. Yes. In theory, this won't happen anymore. Well, yes, because their approach is now going to pay, place a stronger focus on a player's potential ability rather than their current ability. So, Can I just interject? Yes. Mm-hmm. I forgot to say this earlier. Do you, do you want to know who the manager of Man United is in my save in 2034? On FM23, sure. it should be stressed. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Solskjaer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the previous manager was Ruud van Nistelrooy, who joined them from someone like AC Milan. So it was the AC Milan manager, then he became the Man United manager. Do you want to guess who he immediately became the manager of after that? Go on. Shrewsbury. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, while we're back on that topic, I feel like my save with Taunton is the only save in the world where Cristiano Ronaldo has not become a manager. But anyway, we're talking about the features now. Yeah. So, fingers crossed that's going to lead to better AI recruitment. And apparently as well, mm. they're going to make better kind of offers for players. So Yeah, so you're not going to get lowballed constantly because you want to sell a player. Yeah. Um, so, and also they're going to try and loan out players to the right club. So if you've got a player that's lacking in physicality, they're going to try and loan them to a more physical league rather than just loaning them out to uh, a 
ticky tacker team to try and improve their physicality. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's interesting. I think for me, I'm almost like apprehensive about this change because if you're playing the the true FM nerd way of signing loads of wonder kids, PSG and Real Madrid already pinch all the wonder kids before you can sign them. And now they're going to be even more skewed to signing high potential players. I, I am slightly worried that this is just going to lead to Chelsea-style transfer factories where all of the top teams are signing just all the amazing young high potential players before you, the player, can get your hands on them, make it really, really tricky to get lots of wonder kids. But I suppose that is realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I should shut up. It'll be, it'll be an interesting addition to the game to see how it works in and around the current setup. I think. In, I was going to say, in regards to the, the potential ability, uh, they've now tried to make AI managers pick youth prospects on the bench a bit more. So, you know, when you get 12 subs for the Champions League and the, sometimes the AI just will only pick nine subs rather than the full mm. complement of 12. Well, now, hopefully, mm. they will fill out that bench with some youth prospects because they've not, not just because they've got low current ability scores, which is why they weren't getting picked in the first place, but because they've now got high potential, they will get picked to play in those or to mm. sit on the bench for those games. So now, now you you might have noticed that um, you're not hearing very much of Alex Woodward because he basically doesn't really give a shit. So let let me make that last point relevant to you, Alex Woodward. You're no longer going to be able to sign Paul Wanner on a free because Bayern never played him and so he never developed. Now they're actually going to play him in football games and he might actually become good for Bayern rather than being let go at the end of his contract. Do you know, it's really fitting that you say that because <laughs> in my Stuttgart save, Paul Wanner has just said he's going to explore the options <laughs> at the end of his contract <laughs> and I'm in negotiations with him. <laughs> so yeah, ba- basically they're going to try and give those... So if they're 5-0 up on a game, you know, you're not going to see um, Man United bringing on someone like, I'm trying to think who's in Man United squad now, someone like Scott McTominay. Amrabat or something like that. You're going to see them bring on someone like Hannibal rather than, so they're going to bring on youth players mm. if they're, you know, 5 nil up. They're not going to bring on the old players. They're going to bring on the young players. And they've worked on how the AI prioritises matches throughout the season, which should also see a bit more rotation as well. And that kind of goes mm. into um, the player development stuff. Uh, so we've kind of uh, gone across boundaries, really. Um, yeah, and I like proper rotation as well. Yeah. Not just like full 11 of under 23 players in the first round of the FA Cup. Yeah, you know, just a bit more truer rotation. You know, you've got your few few stars in there, but then also a few young players in as well. They've also yeah. no no more coming up against teams at the back end of the Christmas period having like players in a red heart at the start of the game. Yeah, um, they've also made a few tweaks to player development as well. So they've now got a, a system that recognises late developers. So you can now potentially get another Jamie Vardy, who has developed through the leagues rather than oh. He was crap at 18. He's gone to play in the National League North and he's never going to become more than a National League North standard player. You might get a player that you release who you think, oh, maybe he's not good enough, goes to like a National League North club 
and then ends up coming to bite you back in the arse in the Premier League in 10 years' time, which I think could could be really cool, but also absolutely infuriating because mm. I can just imagine dominating a game 10 seasons into a save only for the youth prospect I deemed not good enough to score the one shot on target that Berry have against me <laughs> to deny me the Premier League title. I can just see it happening now. I'm curious to see again that like how this implements in game because like at the moment the way it works is like players develop a lot in their teenage years, then a little bit less from like nineteen to twenty one, and then like not an insignificant amount, but like a noticeable drop off again from twenty one to twenty six, and then it's basically done. Yeah. So like, well, is it gonna be? Like, will, will every player have the chance to be a late bloomer? Or will it be, like, set in stone at the start of the game? These guys are going to develop early. These guys are going to develop late. Is this going to be something gonna be, you're going to be able to scout for? Or, like, something like that? I'm, I'm really curious. I'm, I'm curious as well. And I think it's, it, it's interesting because it, it stops you... What most FM players do is a player will hit 21 and you'll kind of... You know, at first you'll look at the star rating that they've got and see that they're, you know, only two and a half stars. And then you'd look through their attributes and see that depending on what kind of skin you've got, they're all kind of middling, you know, at best, you know, some some teen stats. And you kind of go, mm. oh, well, he's not going to develop into anything. And this adds a new sort of dynamic of, well, I could be wrong here. So, yeah. So should I get like... rid of him or should I play him? Uh, and, and for when you're signing players as well, like I, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this at the top of your say at the when, when you're at the top of the game, but I, in the last couple of years at Taunton, the number of players I get on scouting reports that are like twenty three year olds from Brazil and Argentina with like four four and a half star potential but two star ability at twenty three, and it's like well I'm not going to sign him because he's never going to reach that potential even if in theory he could be good enough to play for me maybe like in fm24 there will be reason to sign that lad from brazil who's two star ability four and a half star potential at 23 years old which is that that'd be fun that that makes for a good story i think yeah could make um, for some real bargains as well if they're like worth like five million and because of that they're, they're selling this kind of all these uh, changes to player progression and the the transfer market, saying that it's you know hopefully it'll help immersion but add greater variety, dynamism, and competition. So that'd be interesting because if they can actually mm. do that and make every save different, rather than oh did um, who who was the big one this year? Did Kravat Scalia go to Liverpool in your save? Oh yeah, well he did in mine as well. You know, hopefully it'll make every save mm. a bit a bit more different. But the one that I think Alex Woodward will like is the financial stuff because the big headline is that you can start with a negative transfer budget and you can have a negative transfer budget. So you can yeah, you can basically have to make yourself have to sell your players. Or if you start with a negative transfer budget, you have to raise, say you start with a negative transfer budget of 20 million you have to raise 20 million and then some before you can even buy players in. So if you get, if you start with like a relegated team, like a, like a Leeds United in 
with the oh you haven't done any you haven't done any transfers you just have to start with them i reckon you'll start with a negative transfer budget where you have to get rid of players before you can sign anyone towels what's your thoughts on the negative stuff um i think it's very cool and not something i'll probably be it's not something that i'm excited to start playing with at least at the start of fm24 yeah like i want i like part of what i like about playing fm is being able to mold a team into my image if you will and get the lads to play my ball um so the idea of coming in and being able to do shit all does not entice me exactly well, it's, 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 um, it's not that you so... can do shit all it is you will have to sell players or you'll have to sell transfer yeah and like raise the funds um it's a cool idea and i think like there's lots of people who are going to really enjoy it yeah. maybe like if i do more saves at the back end of the next F, next cycle as i have in the last month where i'm like going in firefighting i'll yeah. play like that and it'll be fun but like i'm not going to be looking out for a team to start before with, with negative transfer budget yeah. at the start of fm24 it'll be interesting because i think it's great I think, you've, I think you've got really good you get given an agreed time period to raise the cash as well. And if you fail to meet that, the board will then begin to sell your players until the cash has been raised or the transfer window closes. So say if you're in the National League and you've got a £5 million deficit, you know, and you can't, you're obviously not going to make it. Your The background is of your season is you're going to keep having to have a massive turnover of players because your board will keep selling people until you can finally balance your books, which I think is a really interesting and cool sort of idea. Um, and it weaves into sort of further financial fair play stuff. So there's now new sanctions um, that you can have if you breach FFP, including reducing the squad size, transfer spending restrictions, fines. And then the most interesting thing is competition income being withheld. So, if you go if you get promoted into the premier league but you're breaking financial fair play i think it could be really interesting if you have your competition income withheld and you don't actually become super rich because of the premier league that could be an interesting thing to to have a look through um mm-hmm. and also uh when a club is now placed into administration you'll receive a new news item that shows their net debt profit and loss profit and loss graphs overall expenditure and overall income which could be a really good idea for when you are start unemployed and you're looking to do what Towels has done and become the Sam Allardyce. So you can see where a club is if they've gone into administration mm. that you might be looking to take over, which I think is a really interesting thing. And also, if you do go into administration, it's not your choice who you sell because the administrators will sell anyone who has their value met, basically. So am I right in thinking this is going to essentially, when it, when it comes to the computer, it's going to make sure that there are sort of different teams going up? Because I'm still constantly annoyed that, you know, if a team gets relegated from the Premier League, it feels like they always just go back up. And it's like more often than not, the, the odds of a team going up from a championship having not been relegated a, a very low, much lower than real life. And the same is true for the other big leagues, in all fairness. Like, I, I just, I, I want different teams. I don't want to take on the same side I played two years ago. 
to be a new team in the league. I th- yeah, I in, in theory, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it's for. Oh, it's designed God. to make everything a bit better. Um, mm. And just to kind of round out the transfer stuff, um, they've introduced this new thing, which is, be- I think, because they've built in um, a, a real-life thing called Transfer Room, which is where real-life clubs mm. will basically buy and sell players. They'll list players up and stuff like that. So basically, no more of you offering your players to clubs and just nothing coming back. You'll basically just put them on transfer room and if there's interest, there's interest. If there's not, there's not. Mm. But if you're really struggling to sell a player, you can hire an intermediary who will take a cut of the transfer fee and that depends how good they are. So you can now, if you really, really don't want a player and you can't get them to terminate their contract, it's too expensive to release them you can now hire someone who will take 2% of the transfer fee to get that player sold. Or whatever. It might. It could be more. It could, it be, could be more. It could be less. I think it tops out around 15% maybe. Um, so, And you can also now ask the agent about the market interest in the player. So you know how you can ask agent about availability or ask agent about new contract. You can now ask the agent whether or not there's the market there to sell that player, which I think is quite a cool little thing just to have rather than trying to put him out in the open market and just not getting any sort of bite back. See, like, my resistant to change self doesn't really like this one so much. I don't like the idea of um, having to chuck some of my transfer fee at a broker, (laughs) really. I don't don't like the idea of selling them, like having someone else do the deal for me. Uh, you don't have to, yeah, I know. You don't have but, to. Yeah. It's it's a case of if you're truly desperate to get rid of this person, will you sacrifice two percent of fifteen million to get him out the door? I probably would, especially if, especially if you're doing a a long journeyman save and you end up with like a load of people in your under twenty ones, and you need to start selling mm. them because they're starting to get to the age where, well, actually, where they might not be a late bloomer or they might be a late bloomer but you don't want to take that chance do you put do you then pay two percent of your fee to get rid of them and raise the yeah. and raise the money especially if you are in such financial dire straits that you need to get rid of players i think it adds a different kind of context to mm. the whole experience of playing as long as you hit certain circumstances i think that's my takeaway from it at least mm. I don't. I don't know what um, Mister. It Al- makes things less simple and easy. More realism, be damned. Why can't the players just sell? Yeah. I want to sell my fringe players for eighty million pounds, like Woodward can. Why can't I have my? <laughs> but it's it's interesting. You don't have a gullible can... arsenal in your. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I was gonna say it's interesting how you can. There's ways that you can approach the agent as well about selling the player, so you can either be desperate, keen, or curious. And I think that will depend mm. that will depend on yourself, obviously, and how you want to play it with the agent. Um, so there's also the potential that you approach the agent and go, oh, you know, what's the market interest in this person? And it might catch the player by surprise and they will just refuse in all attempts to sell them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, this, this, that's what I don't like, is that, like, if you try and use this to sell a player 
and then they like I don't like the idea of them crapping the bed after it. I've, I've just I don't, like, I don't want it. I've just got this vision of Arsenal trying to sell Nicholas Bentner, and every time that Arsene Wenger's there asking his agent, going, "Oh, do, do you think Nicholas could get a move away this summer?" Nicholas Bentner just turns around and goes, "No, I'm coming into training and yeah, just taking his way." Like, it feels it feels like it feels very like final. Like a lot of the time when I'm selling players, I'm not selling them i'm looking and thinking oh i could do this i could do this like you offer out the player just to see if anyone bites and then if no one bites you go back on it, it. it feels the, like the impression i've got from this is like it's a lot more final than that yeah like if you click the button to find out how much someone's worth the player then assumes they're going to be sold oh no because i don't like that. you can approach it in a curious manner so that's kind of like yeah, We're but they're still going to be like, hey, why are you thinking about selling? I mean, you could completely engineer a complete reverse of the Peter Odden Wingy situation where Odden Wingy wanted to go, but the club <laughs> didn't want him to go. Where the club wants this player to leave, but the player is just there going, no, no, I'm I'm, I'm not going. What are you talking about? Um, so I think that could be an interesting part. But again, it's one of these things that all the, I think like for most of these updates, you have to see how they work in the game. And that's the main that's the main thing, but very. And that's, and that's why we're looking forward to the beta, yeah. which we will try our best to get this episode out before the beta. We make no promises. Yeah, <laughs> the intermediary commission, by the way, is capped at ten percent. So that's interesting. Right. So that's interesting. You're not giving like a load of money away to an intermediary, but that could stack up quite a bit over the course of, hmm. say. 12 transfer deals if you're starting with a premier league side like manchester city and you just want to get rid of a load of players so that could be interesting but i don't know there's also the offer out players via transfer room which i alluded to earlier um no yeah. no longer does the offer to clubs button exist thank the God. yeah they've got they've binned the binned it i know i love that button yeah I, that's my button's my best friend and i'm sad it's gone hated it um but it's not an instant option thing. It's kind of like a you can list the player there um, and basically clubs will look at transfer room to see whether or not there's a player that they're interested in. And you can probably do the same, I'm reckoning, is you can look through transfer room to see who's available, who's maybe in your price range and stuff like that. Tam Brown, I'm bored of this transfers nonsense. Yes. Tell me about tactics. Yeah, I was going to say, you would want to know about the fact that there is a new position, or I'll say a new role available, right? And it is the yes. inverted fullback. So think what uh, Pep Guardiola is doing with Kyle Walker or John Stones and getting them to step up into midfield. Um, that Basically... No. Wrong. I, I thought this at first. The inverted fullback is what you, Pep Guardiola is doing at the moment, where he has four centre backs across his back line, and then the the fullbacks just tuck inside to become extra centre backs. It's Ben White at Arsenal, uh, Zinchenko tucking inside. That's an inverted wing back. The inverted fullback is a centre back. Is a fullback that just becomes a centre back. Yeah, I'm thinking of the enhanced libero. Which is what John yes, Stones... Yes, the Enhanced Libero is another thing. That's, that's the John Stones role. So I'm really interested to see whether or not I can get a tactic that has five players across the back, mm. right? Two mm. wide centre-backs on attack, one inverted wing-back, one inverted full-back, an Enhanced Libero going through the middle, and just absolute... Cra I just want to see what weird tactic I can make work. 
That sounds crazy. Um, I, 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 have they also put in? I think they've made wide centre backs available in a they two have, centre back shape as well. They've made wide centre backs available in a four in a four back formation. Yeah, so you could have a, a, a left a left back be an inverted full back, and then your right centre back be an wide centre back. Then your left centre back just be a normal centre back, and what and your what will happen is in possession those three will shunt across and make a back three and your right back can then bomb up and attack, which is very cool. Um, the only worry I have about the, uh, they, they've also made other, so they, can you tell this is the bit that I'm most interested in? Yes. They've also made like tweak to the match engine, which mean that like positional rotations will be a lot more fluid. So for example, if you've got a defensive midfielder, and then you have an, a libero on attack or a inverting wing back. Your defensive midfielder will move across to create space for your libero or your inverting wing back. And likewise, if you've got attacking midfielders, but a defensive midfielder that's pushing up, like a Segundo Volante, for example, your attacking midfielder will move over to make space for your Segundo Volante to push up, which I thought was already happening, but apparently this is a new thing. Yeah. Um, that's think- very cool. My. My only worry is that it's going to make positional play tactics ridiculously overpowered. Or, you say ridiculously overpowered, or really easy to get at. But my my biggest kind yeah. of pet peeve about this is it's definitely been made for the 3D match engine. And I play on 2D. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really going to... I mean, you can this. see it on the... You can see it on the three D match engine, like yeah, yeah. You'll you'll have like the back line, the, the rotations and stuff. It, yeah, like I, I imagine it will look absolutely fine on the two D. Oh, no, I, I imagine it, obviously it's not going to look really shiny and sexy, but yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's just going to look some like some dots moving around, which is how I always play no, them. You, you, so yeah, you're not going to have your uh, the headers into the ground. The other match engine enhancements that's not going to affect you yeah. particularly. Although to be fair, I must say it it does look. Um, a lot better does the match engine. You know, if I was going to play it on three mm. D, um, it it does look a lot better. The ball physics have been improved mm. somewhat. The volley slash header into the ground looks a bit better. The players look a lot less cartoony. But I think the big change in the match engine is going to happen next year with FM twenty five, which they've already oh, announced. Yeah, like they know. They, they've all announced that basically already, haven't they? They've said that they're moving engines and that it's going to be a big graphical improvement to the match engine, yeah. which means that I am now on a ticking clock of by this time next year, I need to uh, I need to get a better computer because my laptop... My, you, you, everyone jokes about how Football Manager can run on a potato. My laptop is one of those said potatoes and it becomes more of one of those said potatoes every year. So I'm going to probably need to try and upgrade my computer uh, in the next year before FM25 going one will be able to play that to its full potential. Um, it, it just makes it even weirder that you play on 3D uh, really. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't break my laptop playing it on 3D. It's just my laptop's processing power struggles with late, late game. Like, oh my god, my Taunton save took years. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, took you, it took you a whole year. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> True. Had to start. Had to go with that one. So yeah, there's been some improvements to the match engine, the way that the ball works, the way that the players move around the pitch as well has been has been changed. But that's because of the new roles and then additions 
or tweaks to already existing roles as well. Um, there's also a thing about ball deflection and spin. That apparently, that's a bit more realistic, and the motion's a bit more realistic too. So, brilliant. Yeah. Nice to hear. Um, to thing, score even sexier goals. To score even sexier goals. And to talk about the sexiest of goals, uh, we now have a special new specialised staff role, which is a set-piece coach. And this is part of a larger yes, overhaul. Yes, they revamped set-pieces entirely. Yeah, this is part of a larger overhaul to set-pieces. So you can now more easily work your set pieces because I don't know about you guys, but because of how hard set pieces were to actually sort out in previous versions of FM, I just left it. It was horrendous stuff. I never had any interest in doing it, but now it looks a bit. See, I stuck it on that. Um, I, I stuck it on that overpowered near post tactic that I watched some YouTuber do, uh, and uh. then I left it on that for the entirety of FM twenty three. Um, but now on this new one, I'm going to have to set it up on something different or just click the do it for me button, which yeah. does exist. So Woodward, have to worry, there is a do it for me button. Are you telling me oh, that Alex Woodward is not interested? Are you telling me that Alex Woodward is not interested in making sure that his throw-ins are of most tactical use possible? Le- Leeds tried that once with a throwing coach. It was a disaster, so now... <laughs> <laughs> But now you can have a set piece coach, you know. Why yeah, not? I tried that once. It was a disaster. <laughs> See, what's he called? Gianni Villa or something like that from Brentford. Ja- that 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 was the one at Tottenham. Yeah, uh, I think he, I think he worked for Leeds at some point. Did he? Oh, fair. He may have done. I don't but know. yes, the point is. Set piece coaches are good, and it's good that they've redone set pieces. It does look like a lot, to be fair. I'm not sure I'm going to sink loads of time into it, just because it it looks like so much, yeah. so much stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's good that they've done it because Jesus Christ, set pieces were not not the most intuitive thing in the world. Yeah, um, and also, so moving on, uh, I think there's a really interesting kind of way that this can work is the individual player targets, Mm. and they've finally fixed player interactions. I am so bored of turning around to my star striker and saying, oh, I think you played really well in that last game. You know, you scored a hat-trick. And him turning around to me and going, well, if you thought that was good, you can fuck off. Like, (laughs) I don't ever remember any of my players doing this, by the way. Player interactions, like, a bit monotonous, yes, but mostly fine. For me, yeah, I don't know if that's just because, like, I, 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 when I'm setting up my manager, I will always put their motivating and like player management quite high, and so like by the time I get to the end of a save, it's at like twenty. Yeah. So maybe uh, like I'm just getting good dice rolls, but I don't ever notice it being bad. Yeah, no, it it has been bad, especially if you you know you're doing your badges as well. Say if you start off as a Sunday League footballer with a National C license. You can say to your striker, oh, you did really well in that last game, but because for some reason, because your motivating and player knowledge was bad, it was, oh, mm. you don't know anything. Or it's like when you congratulate a player on making his first international appearance and they just turn around and go, well, it took long enough. Like, what? Yeah. You're, you're 18 and you it... just started playing for Mauritius. Calm down, right? Um, but there's also, uh, you can set player targets now. So you, when you're negotiating a contract and a player goes, oh, I know I'm only 21 and I'm a breakthrough prospect, but I want to be a first-team regular in three years' time. 
you can say to them, well, you'll be a first team regular, not only if you hit an average rating of this, or if you score 20 goals, or if you keep this many clean sheets, which I think is an interesting kind of add to that. Mm. But also if they fail to hit their target, they could come to you and say, oh, I think I should still get this because, and they can present you with more or different stats. I had an XG of this, or I gave this many assists. So you should still make me a first. It's just a new and exciting way to piss off your players. Yes. It's a new way to annoy your players for failing to keep promises, which is really horrendous. Um, You can also, you can also give uh, targets to player out players going out on loan. So if you've got a star striker that you're wanting to send out on loan or a star youth team striker you're wanting to send out on loan, you can give them a target of hit 15 goals and we'll reconsider where where you're at sort of thing. Um, and also, they've I think they've revamped staff meetings as well. So you mm-hmm. can now skip individual topics because I am so bored of the uh, end of a staffing meeting just being de- dedicated to you should hire this staff member or this one or this one or this. Just shut up. Leave me alone. I'm happy with the staff I've got. See, I, I think this is good, but my worry is... So, my, my worry is that players will hit these targets, but still not be literally good enough to play for my team. Yeah. So, like, for, like, for example, I used loans a lot with Taunton. I would sign a player at, like, 20, who's at, like, two and a half to three star, current ability, five star potential, technically good enough to be a squad player, but I'd loan them out straight away for a season and then bring them in where they were at three to four, three, three and a half star, so they're actually ready to come in and be a regular starter, actually contribute. Um, I think that level will be fine, but if you're getting, like, a two star current ability player, and then promising them if they score 25 goals for Doncaster, then you'll start them in the Premier League, then that... Mm, if you score you 25 know? goals for Donny Rovers, it's a miracle. I was going to say. True. If you live in Doncaster for a year, it's a miracle, actually. Um, <laughs> I will not so hear that you buy, slander, you, despite uh, it being entirely you buy, you accurate. Buy the, you buy this South American wonder kid who's used to, you know, the beaches of um, Sao pa- of Rio de Janeiro, and you send him on to Doncaster on loan for a year, right? If he if he absolutely if he hey, decides there's to play, a good Argentinian restaurant in Doncaster, so he'll be right at home. <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored. My, my, my yeah. My my point is, I, I worry that like the player development might not line up with the. The, the, the player's development might not line up with their performance in such a way that, yeah, they'll hit the target, score 15 goals, but will they actually be good enough for me to want to complete that promise? I, mm. I think you can change we'll the see. promise based on where they're going. You know, if you're sending a player out to the Van der yeah. National League North and you're a Premier League club, I think if they score 15 goals there, they're not expecting to go into the Premier League starting yeah. 11. I'll, I'll be interested to see if you can, like, promise them a loan to a better team if that makes sense like i quite like to be able to loan a player to the to the championship and if they score 10 goals say i'll try and get them a loan to a top five league or something like yeah that. that'd be interesting and then the final thing is what alex woodward will just not really care about is uh, a few changes to international management and a few changes to the squad planner so correct I think what I I think you will care about this one because you you've managed England. Yeah, no, it's they, they, they've made the squad chat. So so I mean I haven't really had a look, yeah. but 
Yeah, like they've made it better. Okay, yes, that's so... good because I just listen to the assistant until the assistant picks Dane Scarlet, and I go, he's playing terribly. I'm not picking him under any circumstances, except for the fact that I did at the World Cup because he went on to Wolfsburg and actually played well. But apart from that, not picking they've, him. They've refreshed the national pool, right? Which doesn't sound big. Right, but actually, actually no, that helped. does sound big. <laughs> I, I, I remember <laughs> how long it took me to do my my squad for the World Cup, going through the yeah. national pool and trying to actually get stats that were meaningful. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I hated it. So, so actually, I do care. <laughs> right here, we, so here we go. The first uh, change to it is there's now a list view and then a position view, so you can fill easier to filter by position, and it's easier to see how good players are. And there's also contextual advice as well, I think, that comes up as part of it. So you can now see uh, how uh, the potential player, the potential a player has, their tactical suitability, staff advice, and also interaction option based on staff feedback. So you can now have a bit more of a holistic international management. So you can actually see, well, why would I pick a 33-year-old left-back if I've got this 19-year-old one who is potentially a bit better and my assistant is saying to pick him over this one does that make sense but that's that seems to be all it is just a, a change to to what it is i mean there's also um, a similar to list so you can filter players in the position that you're looking for similar to who is currently in your squad so if you're looking for a big brexit center half you can look for another big brexit center half to go alongside him or to fill up to fill out from him did this button actually that there was well is that for international management only i think it is because you can already yeah. get the there, there's a players. there's a fine similar players button like in fm 23 as as you're saying like it's quite hidden away but i did find it quite useful especially yeah. like if you're selling a good center back for example and wanting to replace them with a similarly good center back yeah bosh yeah um so and then some and then there's changes to the squad planner for club management they've changed the icon on the pitch they've changed a few kind of interface things it seems you you know you can now see who your first choice is in a position um you can also better understand your your depth apparently uh, staff can suggest adding a removed player back in or to create a new recruitment focus um it doesn't seem that deep, to be honest. But the analysis part... You it's can... Squad Planner. I barely used that last year. I'll continue to barely use it. Yeah, I, I still yeah, use so... a good old pen and paper. Still use a good old pen and paper. Mm. Um, and Microsoft Excel for me. Yeah, they've now got a national team squad planner as well. Um, so you can manage your squad for tournaments and you can plan who you want to go into this tournament and then who you want to go into the next tournament and stuff stuff like that. But doesn't really seem too too much yeah i think i think that makes sense yeah doesn't seem, yeah doesn't seem too much so overall as a as a package they're interesting updates in my view but i want to see how they work mm. that's what it is. Well, what's the one you're most excited to see and experiment with the one i'm most excited to see is the transfer stuff the most the mm. one i'm most excited to experiment with is and i'll probably do this in the beta of using an enhanced libero with all the 
you know thrills and spills of all the other weird and wonderful mm. uh, roles you can you can use so that's that's me I don't yeah, know about you. excuse me while i take a bit of a tactics nerd tangent um i'm really i find it quite funny that they put the enhanced libero role in the game because the john stones role for manchester city only works because it's got it's john stones doing it like he is such a unicorn of a player who's unbelievably good if you tried to make basically any other center back do the things that he's doing they cock it up because they're not so good on the ball that they can just go and play in midfield and so tactically intelligent that they know when to move and where to be so i think it's fun that they put it in there um i don't think it's super realistic because i just like it, it, it's following the tactical trend of the john stones role more than it is any actual realism because i think the john stones role is going to be it's not a new tactical trend it's just a rarity because john stones is very good that aside i am really interested by the inverted fullbacks um i look forward to seeing what i can do with them because i like fiddling with my tactics i want to see if i can make something work that isn't using an inverted fullback and an inverted wingback so i i quite like the idea of using one inverted fullback and one like attacking wingback so the attacking wingbacks going up and joining a front five but then i've got a back three maybe a like maybe I'll use a four-two-three-one for the first time in my football manager life. Um, I have a proper, proper double pivot in front of that back three, and then a load of attacking players. That sounds really fun. I look forward to experimenting with something like that. Uh, Alex Woodward is. Are any of the features taking your taking your fancy, or is the addition of the J League? the biggest thing going for you <laughs> oh yeah um the j league so exciting thing the one big disappointment is that there's not the fourth tier which is <laughs> what i was most looking forward to just just Sorry, for those but... listening we had a conversation about this off off recording off, off yeah, yeah. Uh, i was i was talking about the the wonders that are the promotion and relegation between the uh, japanese third tier and the japanese fourth tier uh basically it's... There, like if that's your complaint come on it's similar to German football, but they've put in extra steps to make it even harder to get promoted. So yeah. think of it like that. I mean, you can. I'm I'm sure the modern community will be able to find a way to quickly do it anyway. So oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Out, outside of that, Woodward, what what are you looking forward to? Um yeah, the transfers. Um, I think obviously the chance to transfer your saves really good. Though I I have realised a pitfall with that because. I manage, I'm managing Stuttgart at the moment, and obviously the Bundesliga hits our license, and so I don't want to see Winamax at all on my <laughs> on my Bundesliga save, so don't really want to transfer with Stuttgart. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be done before that. Mm. But, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, on, I, as much it. as I think the, the transferring the saves across is an interesting thing, you also buy FM every year to play with the updated squads without having to go through the whole hullabaloo of downloading all the different databases and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I think the appeal of it is to people who have gone even further than I did with the Taunton save, for example. So, yeah. um, friend of the pod, Che Quinn, who doesn't listen at all, but he is a friend of us, um, he has a save in like FM 21 with Dartford where he's still playing to this day and he's in like 2050 or something stupid like that 
uh, and he's like winning Champions Leagues with Dartford. So it, it's to the people for the people who have done a save as like as big as Taunton, but haven't been as part time employed as I have in the last year, yeah. and so it's taken them multiple years instead of one to play through the same amount of football manager. Uh, so I, I do think it's a really really good thing. Um, I won't be using it because I'm now done with the Taunton save. Um, spoilers for next episode. I'm almost certainly not going to be putting as much time into FM in the next year as I have in the past year. So I doubt I will be doing another save of the scope of Taunton next year. Uh, but I do look forward to digging into FM24 and all the secrets that it may bring. To, to be uh, honest, make sure that you... just, sorry, um, I, I was in this boat last year where I was thinking if only you could transfer saves between games before it was announced because I had myself to save and I wasn't quite happy with where I was leaving it. So I was still playing FM22 mm. whilst playing FM23. I, I wanted to do my final season at Salta and take Spain into the World Cup and I hadn't quite finished that when the new game came out. So yeah, for, for, for me back then it was... It was useful. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, I guess, luck to hit the end of your save where you're fully satisfied at the moment the new FM comes out. If not, then you are going to want this to, to help you transfer into the new game. And I feel like if... Mm. I mean, there is a chance I'll be me anyway, because if this save goes the wrong way and I end up having to spend four years trying to win the Bundesliga, Pokal and Champions League at Stuttgart, then I will be transferring it on to FM24 and having to look at winner marks. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't I, happen. I'm, I'm, you can mod the game to have the last season's kit, I'm sure. <laughs> just, just take off winner marks, it's fine. And get yeah. Sao Grassi back at Stuttgart, that's what I need, because mm. bloody hell, I'd win the league with 100 points. Mm. And that's that's anyway. all you need, a bit of Jurassic in your life. Yeah, I just need Gerasi. But yeah, I, I think that's that for the uh, our little run through of the new features in FM twenty four. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk about the new features in FM twenty four. If this isn't something that you were at all interested in, I'm sure you haven't listened to this episode, at least not this far through. So if you have, thank you very much. Uh, make sure you join us for episode 12, which will be our year anniversary of being a podcast. We will once again take you through a load of teams that you can play in FM24 that will be cool and interesting saves. And we will also reveal what saves we will be doing to start the new year. We've all, obviously, Tam Brown and I have already said that we will not be continuing our FM23 saves. Woodward might be, he might not be. We'll have to see. But to find out, you're going to have to tune in to next episode. Hopefully we'll be able to get it out pretty much bang on when the new game comes out. Uh, we will see. We'll try our absolute best. We make no promises. Uh, but with that said, thanks very much for listening. Uh, I've been Alex Towles. Alex Woodward has been Alex Woodward. And Alex Tamp Brown has been Alex Tamp Brown. Cheers. I'll be the same. Bye.